Hello and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, I am once again joined by County Administrator Scott Stevens. Hi, Scott. Well, hey, Renee. It looks like we're back on track. I think we are. Yeah, good. Glad to be back. Glad to have you. So I know, as always, lots of things going on, lots of things to talk about. So I will Uh, just let you take it away. Well, I've got a few things to cover. It is the first of the year. We've made it through the holidays. Um, So not as much as sometimes, I think, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I will say at least today it feels like winter. So I guess it's that time of year and we it officially uh, feels like we're there and I'm looking forward to the longer days. We passed the December 21st. It ought to be getting brighter from here on out. So I look forward to that. I do hope everybody had uh, enjoyed the holidays, um, time away, maybe got a break, did something different. I know I did. It was really nice to get away and really nice to come back to work. So I'm happy to be here. I do at least want to recognize two of our employees. We had two employee deaths over the last month, which is unusual for us and certainly has an impact on us in terms of a a work family. Uh, Caprice White passed away, I think, December 15th, uh, really right ahead of the holidays for her family and and very unexpected. And then Sheila Lohr, that works with the Office of Elections, uh, passed away this past week. And both of those are certainly losses to our, our community and to our, our James City County work family. And so I, I just send my thoughts and prayers to their family and friends and co-workers and um, just wanted to acknowledge their service. Um, on a bit of maybe brighter news for us, we do put a lot of work into training opportunities for our employees. And we had started an emerging leaders program a few years ago that's been pretty popular with our employees and 12 to 15 or so employees go through that over a six month period of time. And we've got another group of graduates this week. And so I just want to commend all of those who are seeking self-improvement and ways to do better. And, you know, for me, it doesn't matter where you are in the organization, we can get better. It doesn't matter how good a leader I am or am not, I can get better. And those that sort of seek out those opportunities, it speaks to them and their desire to to be a better uh, person in this organization. And so I'm really excited for them and, and want to congratulate them on graduating from our Emerging Leaders Academy. Um, I will cover a couple of board events that occurred in December. Um, uh, we did hold a, uh, on December 12th, a swearing in ceremony for our re-elected or recently elected um, constitutional officers and board of supervisors member. Seems like we have not done that in a very long time. Um, uh, Judge Holly Smith came and administered the oath of office. And so uh, we welcome Supervisor Barbara Knoll to our board of supervisors. Her first official meeting will be January 9th. So uh, we have we have been talking with her not daily, but often uh, since her election and certainly since the swearing-in ceremony. Uh, but that seemed to be a nice event. I do want to congratulate all of our elected and thank them for their participation and for those that came to be supportive, family and friends and uh, other folks within the county government. So they moved from the swearing-in ceremony to their regular meeting in December. So our board of supervisors had a busy meeting that night as well. The chairman's award, our chairman, Michael Hipple, uh, typically, they recognize a community member or group and an employee or staff uh, member. And this year, our community award or his community award went to Jacqueline Williams and the Village Initiative for their work within James City County. So I want to say congratulations to them. And the staff award went to Colton Thompson and our fire department, uh, really for his donation of a kidney to someone a summer or so ago and just but really uh, self giving when you're doing those kinds of things and uh, really uh, proud of our staff folks to be part of that kind of effort as well. So again, I thought those were two really good selections for our chairman. Uh, We also had proclamations recognizing um, our state delegation that is not going to be serving in Richmond um, uh, this year. Uh, Senator Tommy Norman had been there a long time. Um, Senator Monty Mason and Delegate Mike Mullen. Again, 
uh, had proclamations thanking them for their service. And again, I do want to say thank you to each of them. I know uh, we didn't necessarily always agree or on items, but they were always good to talk to and listen. And I think they really understood local government and decisions they made and the impact it had on us and the communities we serve. And so I do appreciate their service to this community as well. Uh, we also recognized Supervisor Sue Sadler for her eight years of service, both to uh, James City County and the James CSA Service Authority. Um, and again, uh, we have said our goodbyes a few times, but certainly we consider her a friend and somebody we look forward to talking to, but she is a officially uh, done her uh, tour of duty with the Board of Supervisors, and again, Supervisor Barbara Noll has replaced her or taken that seat. Um, in terms of their meeting items, they did approve an updated WADA agreement, and it's really the three localities, York, James City, and the City of Williamsburg, uh, provide the local funding for WADA. Uh, Colonial Williamsburg used to be part of that. We have since incorporated their bus system into the WADA system, so they're no longer a voting member and a, and a direct funding uh, agent over time for the bus service. Uh, that's provided in our community and some other minor updates to the agreement. But that was the primary one, just getting the voting members back to the localities. Um, we approved the Sort Triangle Recreation Facility Authority readoption of their ordinance and the sports facility. And I'm going to come back to that and speak briefly to that, and well, I think briefly to that in just a moment. Um, and then they approved allowing a direct discharge wastewater treatment uh, facility, really small uh, sewage plants on site for very specific or difficult circumstance in which typical septic or other septic systems have not worked uh, really with the idea of helping uh, existing homeowners who have a home that, that is having sewer problems that just can't be solved any other way at this time. So uh, more to come on that as they move forward in time. But those were their public hearings and they took action items there. Their meetings coming up, again, I alluded to a January 9th meeting as we're recording this, we're a little ahead of that. So uh, depending on when you're watching, but January 9th, uh, they do have their organizational meeting at 4 p.m. Uh, the Board of Supervisors will come and select a chair and vice chair. So we will, as soon as we know who these are, those are, by the end of the four o'clock meeting, we will know. We will share that uh, with members of our community. Uh, it will certainly be one of the five, but who, or one or two of the five uh, members, but who that will be at this time uh, remains unknown. Uh, they also established their meeting dates and times, and there is, at least in their agenda package, some consideration to moving their five o'clock meeting to three o'clock. Uh, whether that is what the board will do, I cannot say at this point, but they do have that discussion about their meeting dates and times, and so we'll have their calendar for the year. And then they'll also determine who of the board of supervisors serves on the various boards and commissions of which they are members of, from uh, the jail to Old Town Medical Dental Center to other uh, boards and commissions they serve on. So. We will share that information with the community as we have it confirmed uh, on January 9th. They will move into their regular meeting at five o'clock on January 9th. Uh, they have seven public hearing items. One I do want to point out is a pre-budget. If community members have things that they want to see included, that's an opportunity to speak before we've really finalized anything within the budget. So it's a good opportunity for community members. <coughs> Excuse me. We also will have the 2023 audit being presented to the board, so they will receive the audit. And then we're asking them to uh, consider approvals to six of our citizens' boards and commissions. And so they'll have a list to consider of volunteers that want to serve this community. I said I wanted to circle back to the sports facility, so I do want to take a moment and go back to that. As I mentioned, uh, it was discussed, uh, I mentioned it a long time in our December uh, update. So if you really want the details, the podcast we did in early December would have that. Um, and I will say I sat through six board meetings and from November 28th to December 19th as the city manager and county administrator from York and the city of Williamsburg 
we all three felt like we should sit in all six of those briefings and the actual board meetings. And I will tell you, it was the same presentation each time. It was interesting to sit through and see how other localities function. I had watched some meetings, but I hadn't sat through a total meeting in a long time of other localities. So that was a good experience, although a lot of time. Ultimately, all three localities approved uh, this project, both the ordinance, uh, the formation of the Historic Triangle Recreation Facility Authority, the readoption of that ordinance, and of the funding agreement for the sports facility. Um, I've had a, a number of questions about the project being rushed. Again, I, I, my responses to residents who have uh, either taught with me or written in is that I didn't feel like it was rushed. It was at the end, there was a lot going on, but we have talked about this project for over two years. Uh, that what we talked about in the fall of 21 in terms of the commitment from James City County remained to be a, a very similar commitment. We just happened to have the written agreements and the timelines and more information. And so while it might have felt rushed, we just came to the point to make a decision. And so I do think it has a lot of thought that had gone into it. There had been opportunity for public discussion and a lot of public meetings and a lot of public awareness. And I recognize some of that didn't occur until the last month. So I apologize that maybe that wasn't better known, but it's been talked about in a lot of public meetings for the past two and a half years. And so happy to answer any questions, but the basics of it, we do intend to build an $80 million facility. There's 12 basketball courts and that has a turf system. So you could do lacrosse or soccer on it as well. Uh, volleyball, pickleball, wrestling, other things you do on a flat wooden surface. Uh, it is intended to be built at the Colonial um, Williamsburg Visitor Center site, really back behind the Visitor Center over near Bypass Road. Uh, the structure is almost 800 feet long, so it's a very big structure, and it's intended to bring in tournaments on weekends so that we will have a support and for our tourism economy and then growing it. Another reason for people to come here and visit. And so uh, I spoke to that, as I said earlier, with in a lot more detail, uh, but I do think it's a good project. The city of Williamsburg and our money that we are by law required to send to the Historic Triangle Recreation Facility will pay the debt service on the $80 million construction costs. Our commitment beyond what we are required to send by law will be $300,000 to $800,000 per year, which we will share with York County. They have a similar amount, but that will cover operating lease agreements, capital reserve accounts, things that are needed to make sure the facility can operate today and also has money set aside for replacement of items in the future. Uh, we will hire an operator to run the facility and talking with operators, we're interviewing, interviewing them today or at this time, we'll make a decision, I believe, in January. Um, they have all indicated they felt this facility would be extremely successful, and from year one, they could have it full most weekends with people that are coming here from other locations. So I believe we will have a very successful facility, and as things change, which they do, I think we'll have a facility that can change with that as well. Um, the impact, again, uh, that will provide uh, pretty good economic impact to the weekends. We've broken down estimates by locality. Ours is around a $300,000 impact on the low side. I believe it would be better. Uh, but in years that we pay $300,000, we basically cover our cost with the increased sales taxes and hotel motel taxes and meals taxes. Uh, on years that we do better, we could more than cover that. So I think that will be true, but we won't know that until we're a few years into it. Uh, we do intend, or I intend to recommend we pay from our tourism funds and so not our general property tax fund. And those tourism funds have to go to tourism-related activities. And so if that is how we fund this, and again, that would be my recommendation, we have money in that account today or in that fund, and that does come from hotel motel taxes. It by law has to be spent, or at least a significant part of it has to be spent on tourism-related activities. I believe this facility where we will meet that qualification. 
Um, and then that's how we would fund it. So when folks said, well, you could use that money to do other things like build a school or build a fire station, that really isn't correct. Not if the, not if the tourism funds are the source of our uh, support for the facility, which is what I intend. Um, we've had other some comparisons I've seen and talked to of it's like the Superdome and it's a it's a loss in terms of what it is and extraordinary costs or a baseball stadium. Uh, what we're building is not similar to those, at least in my opinion, it is a very different model and we do expect an economic impact and also community use. Again, I have said we need the gym space. We said that some years ago. We talked about building a three gym facility at Warhill. We still would talk about that if this facility doesn't go forward, this facility doesn't go, if this facility continues to move forward and we build this building, uh, then we won't need that three gym facility for maybe ever, but certainly not for the foreseeable future. So uh, I do think it's a good use of our resources for something that I believe we need as well. Um, I'm trying to think there's other hot button things on the sports. You've been on in some of those conversations. Anything that I ought to make sure I touch on in terms of people's questions or concerns? Um, I think those okay. are the... I think that you've pretty much hit the main questions that we've been hearing. So. Yeah, and we continue. Uh, some of it is, hey, there's too many of these out there. We're too late. The answer is no. We still continue to believe. And we've hired folks that are experts in the field, not just us. And we've hired a number of them. Um, they all continue to say they believe it would be very successful here. And so I think we feel very comfortable with that. Uh, I am going to circle back and talk about a community conversations that we're going to have uh, at the end of January. And I'll probably I'll mention it twice, but it is going to be uh, January 31st, 6 p.m. at Legacy Hall and the Sports Center. We will cover in more detail there. So if citizens want to come out and have some back and forth discussion about it. I'd be happy to do it at that time. I'm always happy to take phone calls or emails. And again, my phone number 253-6603, again, 757-253-6603 about the Sports Center or anything else that is on their mind about um, uh, things that are going on within our county. Uh, a couple other projects and things that I would mention uh, just to take a moment. And again, we'll talk more about those as the months go on. Uh, we have talked about being in the, the garbage or, or solid waste business of garbage collection. Uh, currently, the only thing we're involved in is the recycling side of that. And then we have our convenience centers where you can drop off uh, trash or so other solid waste items. Uh, the, count, the board has been interested in this for some years. We did hire a solid waste director to sort of manage this. We are taking it back, the discussion back to our board in January, uh, probably be their second meeting, their business meeting in January to have a discussion about what it takes to move it forward. And I would have an expectation our board will move it forward. There is a five-year waiting period unless we pay a significant amount of money uh, to those operators that are out there. So my sense is before we really get into it and make all the rules, we'll have a period of time they would adopt this ordinance that says we're going to do it. Then we'll work out the details over the next five years. But it puts all those existing operators on notice that we intend to get in that business and to be out there in a five-year period. And so more to come on that, but I think you'll see some movement on that where we've talked about it for the past two, three, five, 10 years, maybe we've talked about it for a while. Uh, you, I think you'll see some real progress on that in the coming uh, two, three, four months, and then hopefully with some implementation of some type of service in the near future, um, whether it's a competitive choice-driven kind of option or something other, but we are working through that today. So we'll see more on that. We also are talking about a government center project and we'll have some discussion we had in this fall. Uh, we had had a design builder submit, solic an submit an unsolicited proposal. We selected one of those, evaluated two, selected one of them. We're working on an interim agreement that would take us through a design. Again, it's building this 
140 to 200,000 square foot building out near the recreation center. Uh, and I say that range because we're talking about possibly one to two buildings built at the same time or maybe phased in, uh, built near at the, on the corner acre or wooded acre site beside the recreation center on Long Hill Road. Uh, time frame would be a design of the next 12 months or so. And if the interim agreement is approved in January, uh, we would move forward with that. And the first part of that will be public meetings. We will be out and have a number of community meetings, one to explain it, uh, answer questions about it, and see what kinds of things our residents would want to see in a government center so it enhances their ability to interact with their local government. So more to come on that, but I think a really exciting project for the community. It is expensive. It's eight, you know, 80 to $100 million, depending on how we go in terms of phasing now or later. Uh, but our study that we had done a few years ago indicated we were going to spend that amount of money or something very similar if we just kept expanding offices that we currently have to accommodate the employees that we expect to have in the next 20 years. So I do think it's a good project, although expensive. I think we have that expense either way, and we'll be happy to talk more about that uh, as we go forward as well. And then finally, I would like to mention uh, assessments. We are going through a reassessment. We do it every two years. Uh, I believe I saw that we will be sending out notices, I think in the March timeframe, but early this year, and you'll have an opportunity to appeal those or talk about them or ask questions about that. Uh, but home sales continue to price-wise go up. I would expect many of the residential reassessments to increase in value. And that in some ways is a good thing. It often gets equated to, hey, my taxes go up. Uh, the reality is the board can lower the tax rate, but in, that makes it sort of across everybody. It doesn't go up as much. But if your home goes up 30 or 40% and mine goes up 20 one of us still has a rate, an increase, because that averaging out with a with the reduction in the property tax rate, still individually, I may pay more or I may pay less depending on what happens with my home. But that is coming as well. So I know the community is probably used to that. It's just one of those things that sometimes comes as a surprise when it comes around. So that will be coming out this spring. And that might be it for today, Renee. You know, I would uh, just remind people of the community conversations again, January 31st, 6 p.m. at Legacy Hall in Newtown. Uh, we'll have an update from our police chief. We'll talk about the sports complex. We'll talk a little more about the government center and the trash consolidation and just sort of see what kind of initial questions or concerns our residents have on any of those projects. The one we have the most detail and all, I believe the answers for is the sports complex. The others, we will be developing those answers in concert with our residents over uh, the coming four to six months. So uh, I think I'll turn it back over to you. All right. Well, I know that we always say that there's a lot going on, but I really feel like we have hit the ground running in 2024. Lots of big projects. I think it could be a busy year for us. Yeah, I think that's really a good way to start. So Yeah, very exciting. Well, Scott, as always, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to come and join us on the podcast. Absolutely, Ray. I always appreciate sharing with what's going on with our residents. And like I said, would encourage them to call us. We're willing to come speak to groups. We're willing to talk individually. Whatever works for them, we'll try to accommodate that to make sure they have a good understanding of what's going on. All right. Very good. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please be sure to subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode. And go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our episodes as well as a form that you can complete, give us show ideas, comments, critiques. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk with you next time.